The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Live Bet Sunday on v the sports betting network. Cruising along here, v Live Bet Sunday, Dustin Sweetelson, Kelly Bidlin with a lot going on in the sports world in terms of live action. However, the best live action you're going to get in sports all week is a bunch of big old men running around in their underwear. The NFL Combine converges to Indianapolis, Indiana. And to discuss that, we're going to bring in our guy Destin Adams, A to Z Sports NFL Draft Analyst. You can find him on Twitter at the Destin Adams. Destin, what's going on, buddy? Everyone's coming to your neck of the world. Are you ready for the influx of all your fellow uh, colleagues in the NFL draft world coming to your town? Yeah, I mean, Indy was just packed for the All-Star um, game for the NBA, so we, we don't get this much traffic multiple times a year very often, so <laughs> for this to be back-to-back like this, uh, I, I'm, I hope these restaurants are, are ready. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to be busy. Obviously, all the GMs are busy. They're evaluating all these players, and you've talked to quite a few, and we have to begin with a tweet you had about a week ago, and it's uh, this tweet right here. The NFL is significantly high higher on J.J. McCarthy than I ever could have imagined. I had a direct source today share with a team, share that a team in the NFC has J.J. McCarthy from Michigan as their quarterback, too. So I guess, one, where does J.J. McCarthy rank among the quarterbacks for you? And two, how shocking is that? Yeah, I mean, so he's quarterback four for me in this class um I, I, that that first three i think is there's a pretty fine line for me in front of him um so i mean caleb williams drake may Jaden daniels and then i have jj mccarthy above the michael Penix and the bo nixes of this class um he's he, he coming in like 58 on my overall big board um but yeah everyone that i've talked to around the nfl skate has basically told me he's going top 15. <laughs> Um, if he if he's not gone in that top 15 realm of things, people would be very shocked across the NFL world. 
Now, Destin, thanks for joining the show. I, I don't want to say the guy doesn't have talent, but how much does age have to do with this? Like, this is we're starting to see drafts, right? Where the, now where mm-hmm. these quarterbacks are so much older than what we what we saw in years past because of the transfers and everything. Is that playing a part? You think? Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that he's twenty years old. I think the fact that there's so much just wonder there. Whereas with the Bo Nixes, the Michael Penixes of this class, even the Jaden Daniels, you, you look at it and you, you feel like you've seen what they do. You know what they're good at. You, you don't think there's as much projection there. I think some people look at the word projection and a negative thing, but I think in the NFL world, at quarterback specifically, when there's an element of a player where you don't know how high that player can be as a prospect, that, that excites people. And I think that's not just Twitter people. That's the NFL too. Because when you hit on a guy that not everyone is expecting to do well, um, it, it just goes a long way to really stamp your spot on a franchise. Um, so I think J.J. McCarthy is looked at by a few teams where they're like, hey, like he might be the fourth quarterback off the board, but we really think he's a guy that has the talent to play with these top three. Destin Adams with us, A to Z Sports NFL draft analyst, talking J.J. McCarthy, where an evaluator told him he is the second quarterback on one NFC team's board. My guess is it's the, uh, the Vikings or the Falcons, perhaps. When you evaluate what you're seeing from J.J. McCarthy, to me, the scheme was, did not help him a lot at Michigan. He was only asked to make a couple big throws because they had so many blowouts. But really, he wasn't put in positions like some of these other guys to put up gaudy numbers. What about his game? do you think actually does translate to the NFL level? Yeah, I, mean, I think he's a smart quarterback. And I, I think when you come into the league, you're going to get young guys that want to just take the top off the defense, take the big shots and make a name for themselves that way. And JJ is not a guy who is impatient. He's going to take what the defense gives you. And I think Michigan's offense was so run heavy and so reliant on the run game that he just didn't have to open it up very often. But we we saw on third downs this past year when he would have to make a play and he would either do it with his legs or the arm. And I, I do feel like he's a dual threat quarterback where a guy at the next level, I think you're going to be able to trust him to play pretty early if you have to. Um, I think the best situation for him would still be to sit behind a veteran for a year and kind of build as a prospect a little bit. Um, But, I mean, everyone that I've talked to around the league seems to think this guy was not asked to do a whole lot at Michigan, and they don't want to hold that against him. Okay, so Destin, you're talking to you got him as your fourth quarterback. What are the top three in what order, and how early are we going to see them go? Yeah, so for me, I mean, we'll start off with the controversial one, I guess. I have Drake May at quarterback one, then I have Caleb Williams, and then I have Jaden Daniels. Um, I I think Caleb Williams and Drake May are 1A, 1B. It just really depends on the scheme of offense that you run. Um, Right now, I think Caleb Williams is going to go one to the Bears. So even though I have Drake May over him, like that's what I think is going to happen. Um, I even think it's possible that Jaden Daniels goes to my most recent mock draft. I had Williams one Daniels two, and then I had may three to the Patriots. So quarterbacks one, two, three, which I feel like every year we say could happen and it doesn't. I think this year has a real shot just behind how the board fell and how many quarterback needy teams there are. All right. You're the second draft analyst we've had on the show in two weeks who has Drake may number one. Is it more how much you love Drake may or is it flaws in Caleb Williams' game that has him uh, ranked that way? Um, I, I think at the end, it's 
these three quarterbacks have similarities, right? Like they were asked to play out of structure a lot in college because overall these three teams weren't all that talented um, when it came to certain players on the other side of the ball. They had to do a lot to keep their teams in games these last year with LSU being the best of the three. Um, but I think all three have the ability out of structure, but I think we've seen Drake may play in structure at a point that I would trust him as a quarterback of my team more than the other two, because I think he has a good balance of high floor, high ceiling where I think there's a little bit more risk with the other two, even if Caleb Williams is this big ball of surprise that people just want to see how good he's going to be and label him the next Mahomes and all these things. I, I think Drake may gives you more stability at the most important position in sports. So that's we get uh, quarterbacks one through three, which I, I'm with you. I think that's what we're going to end up seeing. But, you know, we've, we've been surprised by that before. Uh, one of the bets out there right now that is actually a, a, an option out there with some of these books beginning to post some bet, uh, betting markets for the draft. Uh, it, it's one that I really like. It's Marvin Harrison Jr., fourth, to, uh, fourth overall or to the Arizona Cardinals. I should say more specifically, is that where you think we see him go or is there or does the draft turn there at four? Yeah, I think the draft starts at five. I think I think the three quarterbacks and then Marvin Harrison at four seems as locked in as we've seen it in the last few years. Um, I, I think that's a testament to how good Harrison is, but also a testament to how big of a need receiver is for Arizona. Yeah. Um, so once those quarterbacks come off the board, if they're able to land a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. without having to move up at all, I mean, if I'm if I'm the Cardinals, I'm doing cartwheels. Chatting with Destin Adams, A to Z Sports NFL draft analyst. So looking at those receivers, obviously everyone has, has Harrison number one overall on their board. How do you rank these receivers? Harrison, Neighbors, Adunze, and maybe there's a, a fourth one in there you like as well. How do you rank the wide receivers in this year's draft class? Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is going to be a shocker to anybody. This receiver class is great. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great year to need a receiver. Uh, I know you only asked for four, but I really like the top six. So Go I'm just going to give them to you. Um, I have Marvin Harrison Jr. at one. I have neighbors at two with a slight edge over Roma Dunze at three. Um, and then I have Troy Franklin out of Oregon wow. at four. Um, I have Keon Coleman out of Florida State at five, and then I have Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU at six. Um, all six of those players have top 20 grades for me. Uh, you, by the way, guys, we all know Brian Thomas is going to fall to the Chiefs, and he's going to somehow end up being the best one in the group, right? <laughs> I, I, I do not think Brian Thomas is going to fall to the Chiefs. I, I, really? I, I mean, I haven't put this tweet out there yet, so I guess you guys are going to get it before me, but I, I've been – pretty much told that it's probably going to be Brian Thomas Jr. as the fourth receiver off the board. Um, lots of teams around the league like him. He's probably going to be a top 20 guy. Um, I, I love the fit of Troy Franklin with the Chiefs. Ooh, though. speedster. I like it. Okay, alright. So how, okay, is it is it those six in the first round? I feel like th this wide receiver uh, class is so amazing and so deep. I keep having to ask this question. Six, we getting six in the first round? Does it stop there? Or is there potentially a seventh that's we yeah, I mean, if you put the over under at six and a half, because I think there's a couple names after that six that really have a shot. Um, like, I think me as a person, I, I bet you would have plus money if you do the over at six and a half. And that's probably where yeah. I would go just because of how good this class is. Um, but I do think there's a couple more. I mean, Donnie Mitchell from Texas is a guy to watch. 
Um, even Xavier Worthy from Texas is a guy that's getting a lot of love. Lad McConkey um, from Georgia is another guy that some people think could slide into the first round. So that's nine names. Wow. If all if all I need is seven to slide into the first round, I'd, I'd put my money there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really not, interested to see where well, they hang that number. The number was five and a half last year. It, I think. Uh, if it is, it's going to be like minus 280 yeah, yeah. over. I'm still going to be hammering it, I think. 80, 80 <laughs> Mitchell, McConkie, there's just uh, the kid Leggett out of, out of South Carolina. It's a loaded class. Destin, mm. we got to do this again soon before the draft. Did a great job. Loved having you on the show. Information was tremendous. Also, everyone, go follow him on Twitter, at the Destin Adams. Hey, man, enjoy the combine this week. I know it's going to be a good time. Hey, I'll enjoy it. Welcome everybody to Indy beforehand, I guess. <laughs> yeah. that's. A, have you ever been to Indianapolis? Never. I've never really hung out in the Midwest. Maybe, yeah, me uh, <laughs> I've been bad. to Notre Dame for a work me, trip. Me too. Been to Notre Dame. Uh, it's you know, fantastic. Trying to think. Uh, Omaha. Chicago, I've spent some time. Chicago, Chicago doesn't count. Why, just it's, it's a more big city? north than Midwest to me. It's the north. Still the Midwest. Uh, yeah, no? I, it, I it's know. the king of the Midwest. I get that. But it's like a real city. No offense to the rest of <laughs> That's the Midwest. I, look, I have That's hopes. That's what I figured you meant. <laughs> I have hopes and dreams, so I try to be closer to the oceans and the borders. I, I hear you. There you go. Me too, buddy. <laughs> We got some more NBA to look into, but coming up next, the NFL. A lot happening there. Michael Lombardi revealed his top offseason hires. We'll examine those next. It's VEASAN Live Bet Sunday. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you haven't already, check out the latest articles over at VEASAN.com. Mike Somich has your college basketball betting strategies. Adam Burke looks at how to bet on spring training baseball. Plus, Zachary Cohen with some NBA best bets and props for this afternoon's slate. Just head over to VEASAN.com today to check those out. 
This is VEASAN Live Bet Sunday. Dustin Sweetelson alongside Kelly Bidlin hanging out as I'm watching my uh, Florida Atlantic Moneyline bet just go up in flames <laughs> as they are losing uh, by four with two minutes left. Put up a shot and it misses. Memphis gets the board and that will do it. So I went Moneyline with two road favorites and they both lost and that's what I get for eating chalk on a Sunday. Man, I, 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 hey, I just bought some of that, uh, some of an Owl's Futures ticket last uh, this past week. So. That's why. As soon as I as as soon as I buy a future in college basketball, bad things happen. You know, I've been on all year. New Mexico. They lost to Air Force the other night. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know if they're going to make the tournament at this point. I'm sitting there going, pumping them up every week on Sharp Money, uh, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. A show that's on before Sharp Money, the Lombardi line. Weekdays, 10 a.m. to noon Pacific, 1 to 3 p.m. on the East Coast. No one told me in high school how much time zones would matter in my life later <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but, man, it's a lot. Anyway, Michael Lombardi does an awesome job. Everyone knows who he is at this point. And he was looking at the offseason hires throughout the NFL because it's been a busy coaching carousel. He decided to give his top five offseason hires in this 2024 campaign. Of your top five off-season coaching hires, we're going to go through the list one through five, but we might as well start at the top, where you think Jim Harbaugh was the best get for any team, and he goes to the LA Chargers. Why? Well, because they need toughness. They need mental and physical toughness, and they need an identity, right? They never really have had an identity uh, for a while. They've always tried to hire coaches and kind of gone the different route. I mean, Marty Schottenheimer probably, North Turner, they had a little bit of an identity there, but this is the first time that they've hired somebody who could kind of handle the L.A. market, if you will, right? I mean, he's a big name. You know, he could probably get a table over at Craig's in West Hollywood immediately, right? They know who Jim Harbaugh is. So uh, I think it's huge. I think he gives them toughness, physicality, everything that they didn't have with Staley. So Michael Lombardi loves the Jim Harbaugh hire. I don't think anyone would disagree that mm -hmm. when you have a quarterback like Herbert in the market that is L.A., as they are as irrelevant as you can be in a major market in all of American sports, Jim Harbaugh as being the best hire of the offseason makes perfect sense. Yeah. The, the question I have for Lombardi here is the rest of the list. So we will start at number two, Mike Zimmer, Cowboys DC. I think it's been a long time. We forget Zimmer was that guy everyone kept wondering when he was with the Bengals. When's he going to get the chance to be a head coach? Defenses were always good. Doesn't that feel like, like a leader ago? With it was college <laughs> for us. It feels like, it feels like three a long time. decades ago. I feel like John Kidna <laughs> might have been the quarterback on some of those teams. Uh, Zimmer to the Cowboys. I think it makes a lot of sense. I actually think he might be better than Dan. Dan Quinn was the wow, last couple of okay. and Dan Quinn was great, but I think Zimmer might be a little bit more of a, of a X's and O's mastermind. Number three, Michael. And I've, I've liked Zimmer, but man, I, I think with what we, what we just saw there out of the past couple of years with Dan Quinn, that, that's a strong statement. All right. no, I, I, I think it trailed off a little. I think a lot of the stuff with the corners, I think he's going to help the DBs a lot. There was a lot of risk first reward jumping routes, yeah, yeah. which allowed people to pick up big chunks of yards when they missed. The problem is we'd see the interception numbers and we'd go, oh, these corners are having great years leading the league in interceptions, but there were chunk plays given up in between. I think Zimmer can find a balance there. Yeah. Vic Fangio, number three, Michael Lombardi's list of top five offseason hires. Look, there's two guys in this list. They might as well be the same person to me. Vic Fangio and Wink Martindale. You love yep. the blitz. You love to get after the quarterback. That's the name of the game in the NFL. I totally get it, but like Guys like that to me are you can find them. They're a dime a dozen. They'll be employed until they want to want to work until they want to retire. Mm -hmm. But Vic Fangio, I think he fits the Eagles' personnel. I think it's a pretty loaded group. 
but sure, good hire there. What do you think of Fangio and Philly? Oh, I love it. I, I, I love it. Like, like you said, of just kind of guys that you know what you're getting, right? And you're going to you're gonna get to the end of their career and whenever they hang it up. I think that's Vic Fangio. I think you saw massive problems on both sides of the ball with this Philadelphia team that uh, towards the end of the season, it took us all way too long to kind of figure that out and, and really see where this was headed a season ago. I think you've still got the pieces, though, there on the team, on the roster to succeed with. I think these coaching changes are big time for Philadelphia. Um, I, I, nothing that I've bet so far, Dustin, but I just think as we, you know, as we spin some of these forward to a betting conversation, I think the the dip that we've hit with Philly this offseason no, no, it's is, a buy. is too low. So it, yeah, 20, yeah, yeah, 20 yeah. to 1 to win the Super Bowl, you, it's almost a half yep. to fire. And we probably need to start firing soon. It, they've already got, yeah, sh- gotten shorter. Because yeah. I, I do <laughs> think that Philly at 20 to 1, based on the talent, a chance to regroup. I mean, I do have questions about Jalen Hurts. They have to get a lot right on offense because I don't think he's an accurate passer. I do think the addition of Fangio is a solid one. Yep, I don't too. think it's as sexy as everyone wants to make it out to be. I think it's a very solid hire. Number four on Lombardi's list of top five offseason hires. It went one Harbaugh to L.A., two Zimmer, D.C. of the Cowboys, three Fangio, Eagles defensive coordinator. Now we're at head coach Mike McDonald to Seattle, Kelly. The thing I like about this hire, I don't love going defense all the time, or most of the time, I should say, but if you're going to go away from the stability that was Pete Carroll, the objective should be to find more stability. And when you hire someone who's 37 years old, 38 years old, that's what you're getting in Mike McDonald. The hope is it's another 10, 15-year run like Pete Carroll had. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is uh, – I love this one, but I think it's me. I think, you know, going off of the past two guys that we just talked about, Mike Zimmer and Vic Fangio. A lot of old guys. What is different about this? It's not the same old retread that we see in the NFL all the time. And you are – I know not all these guys are going to work out, but I think when you see a sharp young mind in the NFL who's bringing something a little bit different to the table, I'd be one of the first teams – be jumping out uh, and try to hire them as a head coach in the NFL. You just don't know what these guys are going to turn into and how special they might be. Um, so I, I love it. That, that would probably be higher up on my list, uh, you know, personally. And I think that with the the young stable of guys that they have, especially at cornerback there in Seattle, allows him to come in and build up a really young defense while having some, uh, you know, continuity on the offensive side of the ball with what they're bringing back uh, and guys that are going to be coming back: Geno Smith, DK Metcalf. Some of those wide receivers. I, I, lo- I love that hire by Seattle. Interested to see what he can do over the next couple of years. And then finally, the fifth name on the list, full disclosure, uh, Wink Martindale. I'm, I'm a Giants fan, and I'm a little over hearing about Wink Martindale. I thought he did an awesome job with the defense. That's mm. not my issue. There was a lot of the relationship coming out where he's going straight <laughs> to ownership. Yeah. Dude, that's like me, right? We're, we're DraftKings employees here at VEASAN. Yeah. That's like me going straight to Jason Robbins <laughs> about right, an yeah. issue I have here. Like, hey, guys, I'd like my microphone to be a little bit louder. Jason Robbins, can you help out for those of Jason Robbins, one of the founders and CEO of yeah, DraftKings? Yeah. That's essentially what Week Martindale was doing. Didn't like things Brian Dayball was operating as and decided to go straight to the Maras and ownership. Mm-hmm. I think he's kind of a cancer. I think he's a little overrated. He likes to bring pressure. He likes to blitz a lot. That only works if you have the talent to do it. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's not good at his job. I'm just a little over Wink Martindale because there's a reason he's never been a head coach. Maybe he's kind of annoying. 
Yeah, I, I think it's interesting with two that we saw, two of the pro guys that went down to the college level. You know, I think Michael did this before we saw the Eric Bieniemy hire sure. uh, to use UCLA. But you kind of hear different things about these guys as far as you know, Bieniemy being really intense with his players. Wink kind of was the hey, we know we're gonna do, we know what we're gonna do out there on the field, and it was players do love him, right? And the players love him. He seems to be more of a players' coach guy. Yeah. So it is kind of interesting when you see I, those I, moves. I think, I think he likes to play good cop when the. Coach Coach is back. Be like, look, I know, I know, Dayball doesn't like you, but I want you to know, I think you're special. I, got you back, I think yeah. you're a Pro Bowler. You stick by me, and he lets. The, and look, there's good and bad with that because right, as a leader, totally, I yeah. think sometimes a leader has to be a bad guy. But and it's good for someone to be the good guy. Here's a couple names left off the list that I thought were perhaps better than Martindale, actually better than McDonald. How about Arthur Smith, the new OC in Pittsburgh? Has any franchise in the NFL needed fresh eyes, fresh ideas yeah. on offense more than Pittsburgh? Yeah. And I think when you look at what he did with Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill in 2019 and 2020 had his two best years, 19, 12 games, 70% completion percentage, 22 to six touchdown to interception ratio, a full season 2020 Tannehill under Arthur Smith, 65 and a half percent, 3,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. I think when you see what that guy, Arthur Smith, was able to get out of a guy like Ryan Tannehill, I am very intrigued what he could do in Pittsburgh if they get him the right quarterback. Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, he's 36, (laughs) but he'd be a good backup to help whoever's starting learn the system. And actually, Kenny Pickett kind of has some similar traits, but I, I don't like Pickett. And the other one, I think Raheem Morris is a home run hire in Atlanta. Me too. I think... There's a reason he got hired when he was 33 years old by the by Tampa yeah. Bay. He won 10 games with Josh Freeman. The fact that he was able to spend a year working on the offensive side of the football shows his adaptability as a head coach. And also, he's a really good defensive coach. Yeah. They're a quarterback away. And I think he's a guy at this point, second time around, knows what he doesn't know and has the right people like Zach Robinson around him to answer those questions. Yeah, I'm, I'm at the point uh, here, Dustin, where I'm trying not to get way too excited about the Atlanta they have to get a quarterback. I mean, I, I, as soon as they get a quarterback, it could be like anybody, though. Justin Fields, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, all three win that division. Yep, I think so. All right. We're going to get into a little bit of baseball. The baseball team in Atlanta is doing good. Are they as good as the Bra- as the Dodgers, though? Derek Carty tells us next. Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VSEN experts have got you covered. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get our daily best bets emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VSEN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. Visit vsin.com slash pro to subscribe today. That's vsin.com slash pro. It's vsin Live Bet Sunday. Dustin Sweetelson here with Kelly Bidlin at the D Fremont Street Experience in Las Vegas. Welcoming in now a guy who is the best when it comes to breaking down baseball from a betting perspective, analytical perspective. Derek Carty, you see him with ESPN, Roto Grinders, and EV Analytics. He joins us now and i think derek first i want to start thanks for joining us but first i want to start with cody bellinger 
goes back to Chicago, team ahead of schedule a year ago, a mix of some young up-and-coming guys. They have a few veterans like Bellinger. What does getting Bellinger back do to the projections for Chicago this season in the Central? It probably does less than people would expect it to, um, in, in no small part because projection systems, mine in particular, uh, doesn't think Bellinger is like a true difference maker. Like he's an above average hitter, but he's probably not as good as he was last year. Obviously he had the two terrible years before that, but even last year, the surface numbers were great. Uh, but his barrel percentage was only 37th percentile. His exit velocity was 33rd percentile. His exit velocity on fly balls was 39th percentile. Like he just, he really, like all the under the hood stuff really wasn't anything great. So like, he's fine. He's a good addition. Uh, but this is a Cubs team that's probably overrated to begin with. And Bellinger maybe adds a win or two. Uh, but honestly, I think their their under win total right now is the move. Ooh, I like Derek, I know, I know we're going to jump into a bunch of win total conversation with you uh, here in a second. We were kind of joking about it off air. Spring training going on right now, though. Is there anything that you're looking to monitor here over the next couple weeks uh, of t- specific teams, players maybe, that you've got question marks on uh, head, head, before we head into the regular season? I mean, spring training is exciting because it means baseball's here. But there's not a whole lot actionable that we can get out of it. You know, mostly we're, we're focused on the kind of roles that players are going to be in, you know, what kind of playing time they're going to get, you know, what innings the relievers are going to be pitching. Uh, you know, we can maybe get a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, which managers are going to be more aggressive than others on the base pass. You know, if a pitcher adds a little bit of velocity or is working on a new pitch, that thing that can, you know, add some value. A lot of times it doesn't turn into anything in the regular season, new pitches, but that's really the only type of thing that I really care about with spring training. Mostly it's just guys trying to get into shape without anything really actionable to, to base off of it. Now, Derek, uh, the Dodgers obviously own the offseason. Otani, Yamamoto, Glass now, Teoscar Hernandez just finally back to the depth. I think they took a year off from the big splash additions and went kind of crazy this offseason. When you project what the Dodgers are going to look like this year, 103 and a half is the win total. Where does your model come down on them? Because that is a big old number. That's a that's a huge number. When I first saw that number, I was like, that that can't be right. No no sportsbook's going to put up a hundred and three and a half win total for any team, <laughs> uh, and they did. Uh, the Dodgers are great. I don't have anything against the Dodgers. Obviously, they made big moves. They have a lot of talent. But even when you consider all that, the Bad X only projects them for ninety nine wins. So they actually are one of the more valuable under win totals, which I guess is not surprising. You know, people don't like to bet against good teams and everyone knows the Dodgers are good. So books probably said, all right, we can set the line a little high because people are going to want to bet the over anyway. And uh, 103 and a half is just absurd. Like no team ever projects for 104 wins, like ever, like historically good teams, maybe. Um, And the Dodgers, as great as they are, they're probably not historically good. You know, they have some question marks in the back half of the lineup. They have some injury question marks in the rotation. Uh, Love the Dodgers, but just the line is just silly. Yeah, Derek, diving into a couple other your uh, win total projections here. Uh, are people overreacting in the market, overreacting to the losses of Shohei Otani and Soto in San Diego? Are, th- are those being felt like those are overreactions in your numbers? 
Yeah, a little bit, um, especially the Otani one. Like, obviously, Otani's great. He yeah. had so much. But the Angels' win total does look a little low, 72.5 right now, and, and the bad X is projecting 79.5. So it's one of those things where you, you see on the, the graphic here, too, the, the athletics are our number one, the number one differential between the projection and uh, and, and the, the sports books lines. People don't like to bet on bad teams. It's the opposite of the Dodgers thing. Like people know the A's are terrible. People know the Angels are really bad. Uh, and so the lines are almost set, like almost to incentivize you to bet the over on them because they know people aren't going to want to do it. They, they don't want to bet that the athletics are going to win games this year because of how bad they are. But are they 56 and a half wins bad? Uh, probably not. Very few teams ever are. Uh, so let's look at the A's then, because they're number one, and I know it's a team. A lot of people were on the under last year, rightfully so. But they go out, they add Alex Wood. They add Ross Stripling. These are major league pitchers. Whether they're front-end guys is another discussion. But these are guys who can get innings for you, can take wear and tear off the bullpen. And then the lineup, it's all kids, but it's all kids with a lot of upside. So were you surprised by your projection spitting out that number and the differential that you have the A's doing this season? I was surprised that the differential was so big. But that more comes from the line itself than the projection. Like, yeah, okay, maybe you can you can quibble and say, well, maybe you think they're more of like a 62 or 63 win team or whatever. But a line set in the mid 50s is just so low. Like a team has to be so so bad. And I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying the A's are going to be good, but are they going to be that bad? Probably not. Especially with like you said, a couple of veteran uh, ads this off season. Like. No one that's going to set the world on fire, but guys that are at least going to be able to, you know, probably keep the team afloat a little bit. So, Derek, uh, yeah, not, not much love for the NL Central uh, this year, huh? Hey, at least at the bottom, uh, Cubs and Reds, like, noticeably at the bottom, uh, bottom of your uh, of the ratings here. Yeah, it's it's kind of another one of those you know rules of thumbs when it comes to, to, to sports betting is that you know people like to bet on good teams. They don't like to bet on bad teams, but they do like to bet on like the young, exciting up upside teams. And that's exactly what especially the Reds is. Yeah. I mean, that's all the Reds are. Ellie De La Cruz and Marte and McLean and their whole, you know, their, their whole team is basically like young, exciting upside guys. Um, the problem is a lot of times young, exciting upside guys uh, don't hit their upside. They wind up being, at least initially, they struggle. They wind up being average, below average. Um, so yeah, this is a team with plenty of upside, but in an average, you know, normal, normal scenario, they're probably not gonna be as good as everyone wants them to be. Um, they'll be fun to watch, but they're probably not going to be as good as the, the book's lines say they're going to be. Derek Cardi, MLB analyst, ESPN, Roto Grinders, EV Analytics with us here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Dustin Sweetelson, Kelly Bidlin here. I noticed the team right above them, though, the Baltimore Orioles from those central <laughs> teams. Uh, we have a win total, 90 and a half. You have them projected 85.6. I think most people look at them and go, well, they added Corbin Burns. They desperately needed that ace at the front of the rotation. All those young kids played a lot last year but you think that that number of 90 and a half is just a little bit too high for them this season? I do. Yeah. It's uh, it smacks me a little bit of the Mets total last year where yeah. they went out, they made big moves in the off season. They were coming off, you know, a hundred win season. Everyone's like, Oh, they were so good. And they, they made all these moves. Of course they're going to be great again. Um, but in reality, when teams overperform, 
they tend to fall back to earth the next year. You know, maybe that won't happen with the Orioles, but I think the odds are it will to an extent. It's not like they're projected poorly right now. They project for about 85 and a half wins last I checked. Um, and they did add Cor- Corbin Burns, but they also recently lost Kyle Bradish to injury. And this is a team kind of like the Reds that is relying on a bunch of young guys that, you know, okay, it, it's fun to get excited about Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman and Jackson Holiday and, Ah, uh, chances are, though, this is not a team that is actually, you know, going to win 100 games again. This is a team that probably overperformed, and we have to expect a little bit of a step back. Yeah, and all these other teams now know what to expect when facing a lot of these young guys, and there's more of a scouting report. I think it actually makes a lot of sense. Well, look, if you want great betting baseball information at Derek Cardi on Twitter. He's a great follow, does a tremendous job. We'll have to do it again a time or two before the season actually starts, Derek. Thanks for doing that today. Yeah, appreciate it. Sorry I couldn't give you guys uh, more fun bets. I know <laughs> I know, I talked about the gross ones, but that, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, we like to live in reality because guess what? The reality is where the tickets cash. That's right. Wherever we can make money, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. As someone who needed Blake Snell 40-1 to 1 to be profitable last year to win the NL Cy Young, I'd like to live in reality for a longer stretch of time this year because that was quite a sweat towards the end of the year. Man, I, I'm ready for baseball. Like It's my favorite sport. It's way above number one to me college football the nfl i love baseball i just kind of hoped america love would love baseball oh more. man it's like they're it's like it's their pastime or something yeah it's, allegedly it used to be the thing they cared about that's what pastime means i don't think america cares like they used to well america should care about what's coming up next because they're gonna find out like i will on the other side <laughs> of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. 
So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app and use promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Welcome back to the program. Dustin Sweetelson here with Kelly Bidlin at the D in downtown Las Vegas. Stop by, buy us a beer, hang out for a minute. Actually, don't buy me a beer. I'm on a weight loss journey with my back with JVT, Rose um, on Money. No, because I drink one. See, see, this is this fat guy move. Fat guy math. There's girl math. There's boy math. There's fat guy math. Oh. Fat guy math is, well, it's less carbs and calories. I can have six of them. Right, right, right. I can have six instead of four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that works out. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. It makes perfect go, sense to I, me. I go, I go and buy those Halo Top ice creams. Like, they're only 300 calories a piece. Okay, I can have three of them then. <laughs> well, I could have just had Ben and Jerry's at that point. Like, we're basically there. Uh, anyway, welcome back to the show. It's live. Yeah. Bet Sunday. That's Kelly. I'm Dustin. We've got a lot going on. Yeah, uh, we Michigan do. State's up four in East Lansing on Ohio State as they drive to the basket, get a bucket. They're up six. I'm laying 10 in that one. The Lakers and Suns at the half. It is a nine-point lead for Phoenix, and Yusuf Nurkic has already cashed my player prop Boom. of over nine and a half rebounds. Judge He's it. got 13 at the break, scores 72-63 in Phoenix. In case you missed it, Creighton fell on the road at St. John's this afternoon. South Florida extended their winning streak to 13 in a row. Florida Atlantic lost on the road at Memphis. Come on, Al. And what's going on in Mexico with the golf? Is your ticket on Jaeger still alive, Kelly? Uh, we're gonna need uh, we're gonna need a couple collapses for that to happen. Right now, I'm just hoping that uh, Jake Knapp pulls this thing uh, out. Right now, he is tied. Him and Valmaki at 18 under. They are on the 12th or uh, 13th green right now. Uh, Justin Lauer is 15 under. So I got Jaeger in the clubhouse at 14. We're gonna need some collapses here if that one's getting home. But uh, Jake Knapp, I do have a 10 to 1 on live from Friday afternoon. So hoping hoping he gets uh, separates from Valmaki here. I did uh, have to hedge uh, uh, on Valmaki a couple breaks ago, just a little bit uh, to lock in that 10 to 1. A lot of top 20s on the line, though, that are looking good right now. Jaeger, EVR, both looking good uh, for the top 20 markets. And uh, Davis Thompson, I don't think he's going to make yeah, it. Yeah, if, uh, if I didn't see the graphic on the screen for the broadcast of this, go- of this golf uh, tournament, uh, I thought I would have thought you were making those names up. Those aren't real names. <laughs> it is not I'm, the greatest tournament. That, that, I've that, never heard of Valinaki <laughs> sounds like one of the evil people in uh, Game of Thrones. Matt, Matt Brown has outright bets from pre-tournament on t- both of these top guys. At what numbers do we know? I, I, I mean, Knapp was, he was a little shorter. I think he was like 30. Valmaki had to be 80, something like that. Uh, I mean, Knapp, Knapp's coming in. He's going to be one of the uh, hotter rookies on the on tour this year. So um, seeing him have a good start is uh, not surprising. Just just in case anybody wanted to jump in live on some of those basketball games at the half, uh, you said his son's up 62, uh, uh, 72-63. Seven and a half point live favorites. The Suns are 253 and a half. Your live total in that game. I don't think we're going to get a chance to get that live over bet we were hoping for. Um, in Ohio State, Michigan State, 23-18. Live numbers 11 and a half and 129 and a half right now in that game. Trying to find vsun.com slash picks where you can find everyone's picks 
mix here. Trying to find what Matt Brown is currently sweating. I'm not sure if I see it here. Yeah, sometimes he forgets to send them. Yeah, I don't know if I see his picks here. So I'd let Matt Brown, if you're watching and listening, I believe you have in the past. Email. Uh, the the long history, one week of the show. Why don't you drop one of us a text? Let us know what you're sweating. We'll sweat it with you. Also, I should note, the Bucks dominated the Sixers on the road early this afternoon. Yeah. The one early game in the association. And that leads us to this, where Giannis, from that game, it's 12 to 1 to win the MVP. Do we believe he has any chance to do it if Milwaukee somehow has a crazy finish to the season? I don't even think they have to have a crazy finish to the season. I think oh, I think he's, I think he has to right a lot of wrongs. I think he's live. I don't I don't Really? I think he, I, yes, I think Giannis is live. I think he's totally live. And I don't think that anything that that's gone on in Milwaukee this year or mo- mostly anything it is due to Giannis Antetokounmpo. No, I mean, but yeah, the, the, it's it's the, a national narrative the, that the, he has the, to overcome. The V and MVP might as well stand for vibes because the vibes are awful in Milwaukee. Yes, they are. They are. So that has to change. But what I mean, what changes? You rack up a few few good wins out of the All Star break here. You already got two under your belt now. Uh, you know, if we're calling the Sixers today a good win, but yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's not, on the road. Exactly, it, it, it's on the road. Yeah, on the road. Um, so you pick up two big wins uh, Friday and Sunday. Sunday. And if that nar- narrative swings, that national narrative swings about what this Bucks team is, which could take all of a week and a half, two weeks, and if they can get their way past Cleveland back into the two seed in the Eastern Conference, I think we're talking about them in a two seed in the Eastern Conference. That still goes a long way. And when you're talking about Giannis possibly having the highest scoring season of his career, averaging more assists than he, per game than he has in any season in his career, including when he, when he won an MVP, I think he's absolutely still alive. I think it is only – we're down to four guys. I think we are down to four guys for sure. Um, I – I, I have a long Kawhi ticket. I think that'd be awesome. We've seen Jason Tatum uh, getting some steam here recently. I don't really think that's all that realistic. I think it is Jokic. I think it's Shea. I think it's Giannis, and I think it's Luka. I think Tatum absolutely cannot win the, this award. He has way too much help. Team is way too loaded. Yeah. That is as good of a starting lineup as we'd seen, we've seen one to five in the NBA. I mean, we're talking six, seven, eight years no, maybe. Totally, like, yeah. I, I don't know the last time we saw as loaded of a lineup. So Tatum's completely out of the mix for me at 20 to 1. I too have Kawhi at 100 to 1. I have Brunson at 120 to 1. But I don't think either of those tickets are, are co- close to coming home. I, I mean, Brunson, I guess there's a path there. The, 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 but the, the problem is the narrative, It's a, it would be a narrative-based award, not a statistic-based award. No, I where, know. Where for Jokic, it's all stats. That's why he's the favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the narrative for Brunson is, and it was going right at the beginning, when Randall went down, yeah. he was carrying right. them to wins, and scoring that's what 30, 35, yeah. 40 points a game. Right now, if they're going to lose the team, I know they lost the Celtics. Celtics are the best team in basketball, but... If he's going to win the award, they're going to have to beat those top upper echelon teams for that narrative to fully play out. Right. They're going to get healthier. And then when OG comes back, when Randall comes back, if Mitchell Robinson comes back, people are going to say, well, he can't win the award. They're at full health now. Right, right, exactly. So it is the the narrative, like you said, it's the narrative of he'd have to get back to be being perceived as carrying the entire team, yeah. basically to a two seed in the Eastern Conference. I think it would still rely on that. So you'd have to get in. You'd have to get for either one of these guys in the Eastern Conference that we're really considering. You have to get to that two seat. 
Yeah, that at least has to be accomplished. What What is your ticket on Shea Gilgis Alexander to win MVP? I have plus three seventy and plus three fifty. All right, he's plus two twenty. Second shot on the board right now. You have to lay a dollar forty with Nikola Jokic, the favorite for MVP. I don't think him winning an MVP is the slam dunk everyone thinks it is, and has nothing to do with his stats and his ability. But I just think that this franchise only cares about winning another title. And him winning another MVP, while well, it'd be great for him, I think when you look at all the basketball they played a year ago and the way he's had to carry the load even more this season with Jamal Murray being hurt, I think there's aspects where they're going to look at the, the sum of the regular season and they're going to say, we just need to get through this. We yep. can't have him banged up, can't have him with a bad back. He's doing so much for us. There's a chance he could rest later in the year and that allows someone else to sneak into the picture. SGA, absolutely in the mix with what OKC's done. But there's been some movement on Luka Doncic. 11-1 mm-hmm. to 1 a week ago. Down to six to one now. And I think when you look at his case for MVP, Kelly, I think Luka Doncic makes a lot of sense. He is the only player in NBA history averaging 35-9 and eight in a game. Uh, they have a top 10 record in the NBA while dealing with basically the most injuries around the association. They've had 20 plus different starting lineups. The one steady piece they've had is Luka finding ways to get it done for them. I think this is a team that's worth buying low on at this point. I think this is the lowest point it's going to get. They're surging as we talk right now about to tip off in Indiana I think the Mavericks are a dangerous team they could finish extremely strong on the broad shoulders of Luka Doncic down the stretch six to one I still think there is some value in that number it's gotten tough. It's gotten tough for me because I was the guy two weeks ago saying this is a ridiculous bet because we have not seen anybody win this uh, since Russell Westbrook that was going to likely finish with a record that the Dallas Mavericks sure. would finish with. And that was all narrative that year with Westbrook. I mean, it, he yeah. averaged over a triple-double, legit over a triple-double. Now, now it's it, it, people are going to get angry with that because Luke is right near there with the sure. rebounds and assists with the points being way more than what Westbrook averaged that year. So I understand it. And if they keep winning, he's live. But we're still talking about, to me, we're still talking about a guy who's in the conversation for would, ha- would have to bet, would have one of the uh, worst records for a guy that won the MVP. And I just don't know that his case is that much more dominant stat-wise than the rest of these guys that we're talking about in front of him. That's why the smartest thing these leagues ever did was name these awards MVP and not most outstanding players. Yep. yep. Because it makes it that much harder to figure out it does. Where, where are they defining value. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. Value is the most thrown around word on betting networks. We yep. know that. But how are you defining value? Because the best player in the league is Nikola Jokic. Yep. I'd say Donkic is probably second. But I also think when it comes to SGA, no player is more valuable to one team that's making a run than he is this and year. And the advanced analytics will tell you that, Dustin. I still think there's meat on the bone at over 2-1. to one. All right. We'll ask Nick Whalen his thoughts on this and more when it comes to NBA futures coming up next on VEASAN Live Bet Sunday. of Tom Brady Stole the Show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.